Hello, welcome back, welcome back. You all liked the first episode of Pin It Deep so much, we decided to bring it back for episode two and many more weeks throughout the college football season. This week, the guys get you guys prepared for week one, Kentucky's matchup against Louisiana Monroe. We bring back true or not true. We also have a new segment called Boys Do What They Want to Do, Men Do What They Have to Do, and of course, plenty of stories to get you through your day. All that and more on this episode of Pennant Deep. Let's get into it. Go! Every time so others mm, mother, so go every time so others may every time get some Live from KS Bar and Grill, introducing Pin It Deep with Max Duffy and Miles Butler, presented by Kentucky Sports Radio. Get some indeed. Welcome to the Pin It Deep podcast for week two. Um, got told not to call it the Pin It Deep podcast by Nick Roush, but Nick, just stay in your own lane and focus on your own show, please. We'll call it whatever we want to call it. Miles, welcome to week two. It's good to be back. I can hear you well now, Max. Yeah, hey, we last week was a little tough. We had a few technical issues last week with uh, background noise at KSR, the Cavassier Smoke Bar. So, <laughs> um, you had an idea about that, though. Well, there was an interview a few years, maybe last year, two years ago, with Coach O at LSU, and they were doing drills in the background. <laughs> and he stops mid-interview and is like, "Hey," and just starts freaking yelling at him. Shut up! Like I'm doing an interview. I wanted to go the same mode last week to the cafeteria audience that was underneath us, but um, <laughs> refrained from that and was trying to be kind. Yeah, maybe we should invite Coach O on the show. Um, so last week, for those um, that tuned in and listened, um, we seemed to have some sort of random guest just um, introduce us at the start. Um, he's no longer going to be random because he's joining the show now. Brent, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. You all uh, crushed it last week. That Honestly, it was my fault that it sounded like uh, Times Square on our podcast, but I think it had a little bit of, a little bit of flavor, a little bit of pizzazz. No doubt. And uh, so Brent basically did all the technical stuff. He's the technical guru for KSR, and he uh, helped us out last week. And we thought getting Brent on the show full-time would be a good idea. We can kind of add in a fan's perspective. We had a lot of feedback that, you know, obviously it was good that we could add in our little player perspectives and things like that, but if we could get a fan on the show... Um, that, you know, maybe can ask us some questions that we don't even think about as players would be good. Very good. Uh, so, like, I mean, the, one of the main ones that I think of, because the Friday nights before the games, it shocks me how many people, we obviously stay in a hotel the night before, which we're going to kind of get to later, the whole experience of the night before the game. But um, the amount of people from home that are fans that have asked me, you know, what do you do the night before a game? And they didn't even know that we stayed in a hotel. It's shocking. So some of the questions like that we could get from an outside would be good. No doubt. And, and I think as well one of the – and we'll get into a little bit of feedback in a second, but one of the main bits was like, obviously I'm a punter, right? I'm not you QB. Are. I'm not QB one. I, I can't lead the team, so I need to get back into my role of fourth down specialist and just let Brent lead it from here. So, hope you've played quarterback. Uh, no, never played a down of football perfect. in my life outside of uh, Pop Warner football. So, Madden. Perfect. Have you played Madden? You know, we are getting back into the Madden swing of things, uh-huh. but that's not what we're here to talk about. As the technical guru which is a very overstated term because i'm this is looking like a whole new language to me um we did finally start a twitter uh at pin it deep ksr give us a follow we'll obviously do some some mailbag stuff we want to know what fans uh want to hear about comment away comment as much as you want i love i love comments about football i love comments about everything i like more importantly the fedex traders when they comment um, they give us a little bit of stock advice and things like that. There's always a random one that's chucked in there from a fake account. I enjoy those. Any bit of stock advice is great. Um, we're also going to post, you know, little photos. And if we ever bring up something that is kind of hard on the show to, to really image, uh, we'll chuck it on the Twitter so you guys can check it out. We've got one a little bit later on that we're going to talk about. We're going to chuck that image up there so you guys can see it. Um, but, yeah, speak, speaking of uh, comments and feedback, what kind of feedback did you all get from the first episode? It sounded like it drew uh, rave reviews. It was good. It was good. Uh, we, we hopefully go okay. We don't want to bathe in our own glory for too much. To be honest, Miles can't bathe in any glory because the disrespect shown to my co-host 
last week post show was unbelievable. It was brutal. Miles, how'd you how'd you feel about that? I'm about to talk about it in a second, but just your general thoughts about how you were disrespected during the week. Well, I appreciate you getting my name right. That's a start. <laughs> not everyone's been doing that. I think it's pretty easy to get Miles Butler. It's not anything crazy. Well, apparently not. So, for those of you um, that might be keeping up on Twitter, etc. Obviously, we went okay last week. We had a few listeners, so people started talking about the show. And KSR's only Freddie Maggard said, Max, love the show. Max sounds great. Max is the best. All that, which is all true. Agreed. But then posted it and then had to post, sorry, uh, I'm, and Miles too. So just, you were disrespected there. We had, that was, fo- that wasn't just a single event either. No, there was, was followed not. up. It was just we, a start. Dick, <laughs> Dick Gabriel. Which, by the way, I love Dick. I'm a big fan of Dick. Dick's one of those guys, like, you can rip Dick and you enjoy it, and he doesn't take it too personally or anything like that. So I'm, I'm a big Dick fan. You like Dick? The interview with Dick was good. Yep. Always good spending time with Dick. But we get on the Dick show, right? And, and he posts and goes, uh, we're going to have Max Duffy and Miles Bridges on the show. Miles Bridges. I appreciated that because that's a he was a Michigan State star. He plays for the Hornets now in the NBA. If I had his status, I, that's it was honestly kind of a compliment. No a doubt, no doubt. And but, but just, that was only I, episode two of three. That was only two of three. That's the worst part. This is the worst one. <laughs> this is the worst one because, like, yeah, Freddie's close to the show, obviously working for KSR. But when your own team and like everyone that you're working with disrespects you as well that's when you know mate you almost quit i know you did you we talked about it i had to i had to buy you a couple beers i had to buy some dinners just take you out just to sweeten you up again so you could come back so brent and i'll throw to you after this because i'm gonna say that you were the one responsible i was not responsible ksr made us a new graphic that we're gonna put out because we weren't happy with the first one it was good but we weren't happy with the first one and it said the pin it deep podcast from Max Duffy and Miles Hunter. You know, you know what, Max? That's not even the worst part. The first copy we got didn't even have Miles on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Did Freddie make the first one? He thought it was just Max? <laughs> I, I believe so. It, it felt like it was the, the Max Duffy and Miles Intername Here podcast. Like it's just a revolving door of, you know, Miles Davis, Miles Teller. <laughs> Miles Davis. I guess if anyone out there wants to get married – Whatever last name you have, I'm open to changing because clearly mine doesn't matter to some people right now. Well, Miles, I just want to say for the record, I love you and I appreciate you being here. I know not a lot of other people do, but... You are the backbone of this podcast. (laughs) So if KSR can get that graphic right, that would be much appreciated. Hopefully it's going to be all sorted by the time this goes to air. Um, Another bit of funny feedback that I got, and I hope you guys enjoy this. So... Julie Duffy is the name of my mum. She's a lovely lady. One of my favourite people in the world, obviously. She gave birth to me. And uh, sweetest soul you've ever met, okay? Never has said a bad thing about all the time when I've played, etc. She's never said a bad thing. It's actually funny. When I, uh, when I was coming over to punt for the team, punt in Australia means gamble. <laughs> and I said to her, Mum, I think I'm going to go to America to punt. And she said, Max, you don't need to be moving to America and spending all that money. You're not going to win. <laughs> and I had to explain to her, no, Mum's called kicking a ball over there. It's not about throwing out money. But um, she had some feedback, and it was, I thought it was hilarious. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So the first bit was the typical mum feedback of, Max, when you post the stuff, you keep saying me and Miles. It's Miles and I. I said, thanks, Mum. Thanks for the grammar. But the funnier one was... She said, and mom, and background story, mom's so nice, she's never said a bad thing in her life. She said, Max, I've got some feedback for you. I said, okay, what is it, mom? I don't know how to put this lightly. I love you, but I, even I don't want to hear you speak for longer than about 15 minutes. So if you could keep it to about 15 minutes, that would be perfect because no one's going to tune in and listen to you for an hour and a half. I mean, I, I got similar feedback of you, you all talked way too long. What's the whole hour and a half deal? But the fact that your own mother would say that's pretty. 15 minutes. So 15, we'd have. I a, think we're at about 12. I don't even know how long we're into it because I'm not timing it. Mum, if you want to tune out now, that's fine. You don't need got, to listen to the rest of it. We've got three minutes left. <laughs> Which leading, that actually is a good comment that we got on Twitter as well. Um, someone commented and said three minutes into the podcast – and already laughing very hard. <laughs> um, we went back and looked. We appreciate the comment, but we went back and looked. 
the first three minutes was the A&M kick. Yep. And the Georgia and your kick. Georgia kick into the stands. Yep. So I guess she was laughing at us, yep. which I'm perfectly fine with. If you want to joke at us, that's fine. Whatever can get you laughing. But three minutes in, the only jokes that were made were on blunders. That's fine. But then Laugh away. You all also got the caveat that this was the best thing KSR's ever done. So. We did. <laughs> yeah. Which Matt Jones tried to correct on his own radio show saying it wasn't. I'm going to be honest, Matt. I think it is. Um, you've been going out 11 years, and to just to cop that, that's, uh, that's a bit tough for them. But, you know, the times change, and people go through different things, and we've just come out the other side, and we're killing it. Well, that leads us to our first segment, True or Not True. Is this a better show than KSR? Well, I'm going to stick with Mark Stoops' thoughts on everything that's true or not true and go with true. Um, we're doing our best. We're obviously not there yet. Hope we don't, like, like I said, we don't want to bathe, bathe in our own glory. We're uh, just starting off. But hopefully people are enjoying it. Love to hear some more feedback. And, yeah, if you want to call in KSR and tell them that we're better than them, that's, that's perfectly fine by me. It's good with me. <laughs> I think for the – I mean – we talked with, so Matt actually had a birthday party the other night that Max and I came to here at the KS Bar, talked with him a bit, and we just kind of discussed that it's a different perspective that we offer, um, a little bit serious. Like, we do offer something that's different from what normal KSR stuff is, so hopefully we can continue to do this and do well with it. Are we better than KSR already? Yes, but, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You got some more true or not truths for us? Yeah, so obviously this season, uh, after 2020, Max, you got to experience the brutal 2020. Yep. No fans in the stands. True or not true, fans have an amazing impact. It's going to be great for them to, to be back, or is it just a non-fact? So true, so true, obviously. And, <laughs> again, true or not true is a normally true. Um, it's going to be great to have the fans back. Like we, we touched on last week, even though away games, just to have the fans travel out, it's unbelievable the support that they give us. We travel so well as a football team. We really do appreciate it. It's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere. I'm sad that I'm not going to be at the first game, unfortunately. Me and Miles are not going to be there, but we're going to get to the second game against Missouri. Um, we can't wait to see fans back in the stands cheering their hearts out. Uh, it's going to be awesome. First, I would go Miles and I. If you're not going to take correction from your mom and actually <laughs> implement it, um, we're not going to even – that's terrible. But, yep, excited to be in Atlanta. But, yeah, 100%. The fans being back in the stands is going to be – we watched some games this week in Nebraska, and it was nice to see some fans back in the stands and actually a good atmosphere. Well, and the only thing with that is is it's going to be good for every team in the SEC bar Vandy, right? Because they're gonna, pretty much just going to keep the same amount of fans that they had during COVID anyway. If, if anything, they might have a drop-off. It would be tough. Yeah, because they're not, they're not used to it, so – I mean, Vandy will be tough. I'm, I'm excited to see fans back in the stands. I would think, so we were talking the cheerleaders last year. Who were they cheering to? I don't know. And then the concession stand workers, they yeah, would be yeah. excited to see fans coming back because they had a pretty boring year last year. No so maybe they'll have some action this year. Well, that, that gets me to the next true or not true. With fans being back in the stands, that means some, some game day traditions are coming back, like the big blue drum and – and the cats spell out, which is apparently the best tradition in college football, according to the Commonwealth State. Or Kroger Field, PA announcer, I, I tend to attest to that. But, Max, you have a hot take. Yep. What is one of your least favorite things that fans do? True or not true, the four fingers up before the fourth quarter is great. The worst football tradition I've ever seen in my life. I'm trying to keep it together here and not use profanity. It is the worst, by far. So I've come over here, and obviously I'm not aware of most of the traditions, and some of them are awesome. Most of them are awesome. 99% of them are awesome. This one's terrible. I almost, I almost lost it then. It's they are the worst thing I've ever seen. So I've come up. It's my first game. We're playing Central Michigan, and at three-quarter time, everyone's holding up four. Now, I'm not sure about the education level of people in America. I'm pretty sure we know what's coming up next after the third quarter. Why do you have to put four fingers up, Miles? Tom Brady didn't know the fourth down was coming. Oh, this is true. <laughs> so, just a general reminder to everyone, I think, is helpful. That it's going to be the I – don't, I, I'm not a fan. And also could be overtime, not necessarily the end. Okay, why not put five up when it comes to overtime then? Maybe that's a new tradition we should start. Well, but if it, if it goes to like seven overtimes, you're going to run out of fingers. Well, who went to who, – what game went to seven? Uh, Kentucky, Arkansas, 2003. Well, yeah, yeah, and the LSU, the LSU, the LSU A&M game. toes. LSU A&M yep, game was like LSU 15 recently, of them. Yep. Yep, yep. God, you'd have to use finger toes. You'd be using your kids' fingers. <laughs> that would get tricky. So does that mean we should, like, not do the fours anymore? Or, See, or I like it, the four. I'm, I'm against Max on this. I think it is not true that it's bad. It's true that it's good. 
I think it's a great reminder to everyone. Brady loves it. The fans love it. It gets everyone going. I get that you don't like the reminder, but some of us need it. Well, what if – so are we saying that now when overtime comes, we should start putting up five fingers? I'm just protesting any fingers being used in ge- – well, not fingers being used in general. But, uh, uh, yeah, just let's, let's get rid of that. It wake, okay, for the fans, though, it can wake them up a bit. Say you're playing like Louisville, yep. and it's, you know, it's like 40-something to zero. Yeah, which it, it normally is. The start is. of the fourth quarter, it kind of like riles everybody up again. Versus People wake it's up. Not, yeah, you wake up. It's been a boring game. We've just been killing them, yeah, but now you, it's good. You've got to finish with four fingers, Max. I mean, I'm saying no. Um, I, I'm putting a line through that. Let's move on. I'm sick of this four fingers talk. All right, so, so next, true or not true, obviously Kentucky will be back. They are facing the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks, I believe. Pretty, Warhawks. Pretty bad college football team from what I've read. So bad that Kentucky has opened as 29-point favorites. True or not true, does Kentucky cover the spread week one? So I'll start this one. We were discussing it as men that may want to look at some money-making opportunities there. I think – Kentucky does not cover the spread, and that's not because Kentucky couldn't. I think there's a little relationship there with the coach, with Coach Bowden's son being Louisa Monroe's coach. I think Stoops isn't going to try to run the score up on him too much. I think we're going to get a comfortable lead. It won't be down to the wire, but I think 20 – I could see like a 24-point win. That's an interesting take. That's actually true because Stoops would – and this is the funny thing about Stoops. Well, not the funny thing. The, the great thing about Stoops is he's probably actually considered that already, in all honesty. And obviously, like, he's not going to go in and say that, and he's not going to talk about, like, yeah, we're going to win. But in the back of his mind, I'm pretty sure – I mean, if we, if we lose this game, we're, we're in a, a world a of hurt, year. right? Because they – I think I saw Freddie Maggard posted during the week something about their average losing margin last year was, like, 30. Um, and so, like, we should cover this spread, but – I genuinely think like Stoops is the type of guy um, that would think about that and be like, I'm not running the score up on this type of game for you know, given the situation too. Well, yeah, and you, you don't want to get anybody hurt. You've got the year ahead. Yep. You can put in some backups in the second half if things are going well, get some guys some reps that maybe if someone does get hurt down the stretch later, you can sub in and have someone with experience. So, yeah, I think, think it will be a good first half, and then I think the second half they'll just kind of bounce it around and, and keep it about 24 so. Yep. With the exception of Louisville and Tennessee, is not running the score up something that Mark Stoops is kind of known for? Because week one, yeah, Mark, but maybe not intentionally. Well, not intentionally, <laughs> no. But well, I'm just saying, you know, historically, week one, Mark Stoops is one and seven against the spread. Week one, um, that's a good stat. Yeah, I didn't know that. I that may change my opinion now. One so and seven. Due, due well, he's due that. to cover yep. then, yeah. Well, one and seven against the spread. New new quarterback, new offense, new offensive coordinator. The only thing that worries me is if, you know, well, it wouldn't be a worry for Kentucky fans, but if you are picking Louisiana Monroe against the spread, it's very possible that Kentucky could just pound the ball for 400 yards. Easily, which you wouldn't want to show off any of your good passing plays week if, if the game's going well. You wouldn't want to open it up and really show all your cards week one when you've got Missouri week two, which is going to be a big game. Now, for the caveat for the spread, another true or not true, I haven't checked the forecast for Saturday. I assume it's going to be a beautiful day. Yep. But if it rains, you got a team coming up from Louisiana. There's a lot of rain in Louisiana this week, apparently. True or not true, if it rains, does, does it lend its hand to Louisiana Monroe? All right, so we'll start with a serious. Um, anyone in Louisiana going through the hurricane stuff, we, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Hope that you all are safe. But – on a lighter note, if – I mean, the, the conditions down there right now are obviously not clear. Nope. With all the practicing that they're going through, if it's a sloppy day here in Lexington that Saturday, yep. there's a clear advantage to them. And I – you know, like he wouldn't say it, but Stoops is a little worried. A little. There's no doubt if there's rain, they've, they've got the upper hand during the week being able to practice in that. I want to know, like on a lighter note, the native Louisiana animals, do they have to, with the amount of rain that they're expecting, do they have to grab two of each of those animals and put them on some sort of wooden boat? Do they have warhawks in Louisiana? What is a warhawk? I wouldn't know. I have no idea. Is it like a, is it something that you use in the military? I just know it's a maroon bird for Louisiana. Maroon. maroon. It is, the color is maroon or burgundy. Yep. Don't know what the Pantone on that is, but. How do they choose uh, the mascots for these schools? I don't know. It's going to be. <laughs> 
it's going to be interesting to see how they actually play us because I uh, they didn't have a good year last year. They should come out pretty fired up. So yeah. I'm actually looking forward to seeing it. It is tough because those schools, I mean, it, it gets overstated, but this is their Super Bowl of the year. Like yep. any trick play, um, any motivation, this is clearly their biggest game of the year, and they're going to throw all they have at Kentucky. So it, I feel like it's one of those if you can get up in the first half and kind of say, hey, like, you know, this isn't going to be close today. We're much better than you. Normally those teams lay down. But if you don't squash them early and you give them a little bit of hope, that's when it can get tricky late. So, Miles, you did mention it is week one. You have an interesting perspective, probably one of the most interesting ones I've ever seen. So you were on the Kentucky team in 2015 when they were supposed to go to a bowl game, ended up going 5-7, and seven, losing to or going to overtime against EKU. The next year you lose – week one to Southern Miss, but you were also the kicker on the 2018 10-3 team, the best team possibly in Kentucky's history. What should people look for to be like, okay, this is going to be a great year? Like, what is it that Kentucky has to do week one against Louisiana Monroe for everyone to be sold that this is going to be a special season for Kentucky, just an average one or a bad one? I think you'd have to look at how they start. I mean, this is, you shouldn't have any lack of motivation. You haven't played with fans in the stands last year. And then this is obviously the first game, so getting the season started off right should be easy. Um, if you can come out in the first half and just really dominate on both sides, I think it would show the fans that, hey, this team's focused, this team's serious. I think some of the lack of focus before, you know, if you're playing, I know we're going, Max and I are going to see Alabama-Miami. That's obviously a big game. Playing a non-conference or a, you know, non-Power 5 team week one, the lack of focus can be an issue. But if you come out early and can really see that, hey, these guys are taking it serious, that's that's a sign of leadership, which is extremely important. Brent, I thought you were going to bring up for a second there, and I didn't know this till before the show, and this is well, not hilarious to me. This is just groundbreaking to me. When Miles had his first season, they still played on grass. Is that at right? Kroger, that- which I, I didn't even – I thought that was like a 90s thing. Wait, what, were you in 2014? When, because my, let's see, my first year was Tim Couch's last year. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No, so, so there's actually a good story with that. Not Tim Couch related, but, so we, and I don't want to throw him under the bus too much, but, so we, the year we, after my first, we went from grass to turf. They ordered the turf. We had to stay off the stadium for like a few weeks to get it all installed. We go out, and they had recently changed the kickoff rules in college to where you kicked from the 35 instead of the 30. So we get out, first day in the stadium, we're warming up, and there's an X for the kickoff on the 30-yard line, <laughs> as in the old one. So I go over to like our equipment guy, and I was like, um, what's, do y'all know it's at the 35, right? And he was like, we, yeah, we must, we messed this up yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. Had to order new turf on that area <laughs> and get it reinstalled in a hurry before game one, because I'm, Imagine the kicker going out the first game. He'd look at the 35, he'd look at the X and go, I don't even know what to do. (laughs) How much of an effect did that have on you guys that year? Because it was supposed to be, oh, Kentucky's back, we're going to a bowl game, and it was just a disappointing five and seven season. What 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 did the turf? (sighs) I don't want to blame it on the turf, but that was one of those years where you, because we got off to a hot start. I think we were five and oh, mate, five and one, something like that. And then we lost down the stretch a bunch in a row. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to blame it on any like anything in particular, but I think just lack of focus in general. Like we kind of thought we were better than we were, and we didn't take it down the stretch seriously like we should have. And then once you start losing, like people kind of start questioning, are we actually good or not? And then it kind of spiraled out of control. Well, a little bit of prediction time. That first game in that new stadium, first play from scrimmage, Patrick Tolles hands the ball off to Boone oh, Williams. 75 breaks, yards. Breaks early. off 75 yard. Place goes bananas. Yep. The knowledge on this show is unbelievable because I've got no idea about this stuff, but continue. Does does Kentucky have a moment like this in week one with Will Levis maybe opening play just an absolute Hopefully they don't have a banana moment with Will Levis. That would be tough, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah, because it wouldn't get peeled. No. If they do a 75-yard touchdown from scrimmage the first play, the Liam Cohen era is off to a good start. Yep. But (laughs) – the last era of that didn't turn out so well. So hopefully this, awesome. one, yeah. hopefully this one's a bit better than that. But, yeah, I think I could see I could see him coming in. And this I don't want to compare him to this, but he it's kind of similar to the OC that came to LSU when they had Joe Burrow. 
of the whole we kind of bring in an NFL offense and the colleges were unfamiliar with it yep. and it had some success early. I could see Kentucky early on having some plays that are really confusing other teams. That's why, hypothetically, I would be betting Kentucky on the early end, maybe not week one, but in the first half and stuff. I think they're going to be good offensively. So, Max, obviously you were a part of the teams that never missed a bowl game. Some three the, rings. Three rings. Yep. Some of the best teams in Kentucky's football history. For an, a Kentucky football program that has elevated to a point of, okay, we're going to take care of business week one, what was it like from your perspective going into – the first game is it is it all focus is it an issue and what are some of the rituals you all do on the Friday before the first game so I mean I guess I'd start that with saying I don't think that complacency is relevant in the first game of the season because guys are so like I don't care who you're playing if you're if you're playing Alabama or you're playing Louisiana Monroe you're nervous about how you're going to go that season so I don't think – I think complacency could be a thing against a group of five team further down the track, say game 10, 11, whatever, even game six. But game one, uh-uh. Like, it's – everyone's nervous. Everyone's wanting to get the season off to a good start. You don't see people, like, trying to stuff their own stat sheet um, in a game like that because everyone just wants to play well, win the first game, get that out of the way. So I don't think complacency, complacency is going to be an issue. Um, and it, it would be awesome just to, like <laughs> – the thing that I'm going to miss so much – about playing is like as much as the game itself and that's so obvious but just the Fridays before the game like it's so fun so the best part about it well not the best but one of the great things is like if you have taken classes and they've put a Friday exam perfect because you don't have to go to class on Fridays you get the note that gets you out of class so perfect put all the exams on Friday because I ain't doing it yeah I can do it whenever next week thank you teacher Um, that's a good part but then it's just like the little, like, light-hearted but serious practice, um, you know, going to the hotel. So, for those of us, like Miles said, we, we stay in a hotel the night before. Uh, sometimes we – so, we had roommates for my first couple of years. Didn't have roommates last year. I always roomed with Grant McInnes, playing in Missouri right now. I mentioned Grant a couple of times last night. And it's just, like, the camaraderie that gets developed on Fridays is unbelievable for the team. You normally, like, have a few joking things. One thing that we did that was I thought was really cool was um, – we, so, okay, so on the Saturday before the game. The Saturday when we, before? Sorry, sorry. Saturday, on the Saturday before the game, yep. we have this thing where we have our final, like, team address. And we go into this room, and it's really, really serious moment because we're about to get talked to, hop on the bus, game time, right? Go in. Stoops is normally fired up. He has his, like, it's such a cool moment. Like, he walks down the middle and I'm, like, pretending to walk. He's walking down the middle of the rows of people that are playing. He's normally jiggling the coffee around a little bit, and you know it's, like, it's game time. Hot coffee. We start normally with a little bit of a talk from him about why we're going to win. Then we go, hey, um, for example, when Terry was playing, Terry Wilson, stand up. Um, On this play, what are we doing? He has to answer it sharp. Um, All right. Chris Rodriguez, stand up. On this play, what are we doing? Stand up, sharp. They go through the whole team, all the different positions. They don't do special teams. So That's the best part because when you get to special teams, it's just like you could ask maybe a coverage guy, hey, what are you doing on this play? Yeah. I would have loved one week for him to be like, Max, on this play, what are you going to do? And you just say, punt. <laughs> Which would have confused your mom again with the whole gambling yeah. deal. But, Miles, so, what's the deal? Kick. So what we did as specialists to counter that because we felt a little bit left out was about – Maybe an hour before that meeting, us specialists would get together in a private room in the hotel and do our own stand-up. Like, I'd run it, and we'd be like, Miles, stand-up. And it would just be a hilarious question from the week that had just gone past. Obviously, none of them were serious. And that was, like, one of my most fun things that people obviously wouldn't be a part of was just to, just to like, be able to do those kind of things that, you know, building friendships and, and building relationships was so fun. And I'm going to miss that. I'm, you know, going to miss just the talks over dinner and, and going to the movie. I know the movie was always a highlight. So we were chatting about it this week, mate. Just the whole Friday practice well, into Saturday. So tell we had about some good the stories. Movie, by the way. It, so, so we do we do a movie. So correct? we do a movie. Yep. So we we go we get food at the mm-hmm. hotel. We do like some meetings. Then we get on a bus. We go to a movie wherever we're at the theater. Yep. You walk in. There's popcorn everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And gallon. 
like the biggest bottles of Dasani water yeah. I've ever <laughs> You'd think the whole team had kidney stones that needed to pass the next day. The bottles of water are huge, yeah. and not to be matched, next to it's a bigger bottle of butter for the popcorn, which <laughs> has got to yeah. be a great nutrition thing for Saturdays. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we have huge popcorn. They had to, they had to try and even out the – Amount of uh, butter in our in our system with water, so we were about fifty percent butter, fifty percent water. And you'd think from all the popcorn that you'd be full for the night, but it seems, Max, I think you have a story about that. Sometimes after the movie, you'd go back to the hotel and maybe you wanted like a late night snack. You and Grant wanted some food. Okay, yeah, you got me on that one. So, so Grant obviously was a bit of a larger guy. Throw him under the bus. I see a, where you're headed with this. Go he's ahead. He's a bit of a larger guy and. Um, one night we'd gotten back and sometimes like on a Friday, cause we have dinner quite early, like maybe four thirty, five o'clock. I don't, I'm not super hungry. Like you kind of obviously get into that ritual of like eating at a certain time at night and like five for me, sometimes a little bit early. So don't eat a whole lot at that dinner. Go to the movie. I'm not a big popcorn guy. I'm not a big like sweets and candy guy. So I normally don't, I just normally drink my bottle of Dasani, which <laughs> takes me the whole movie to get through cause yep. it's so big. Um, and then I'd go back and normally like real hungry by then. So me and Grant would either like try and get someone to bring us food to the hotel or this time what we did is we asked one of the GAs if there was any food around. And he said, well, look, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but the coaches like after the movie, they'll go up to a room um, on a different floor and they, you know, obviously just chat about whatever's going to happen the next day. They probably have a few beverages. I'm not sure what they do. And, but they have food all in there because they don't really eat a whole lot during the dinner time either because they're too busy doing stuff. And so they had chicken wings up there. And me and Grant were like, all right, let's go up, let's grab some. We grabbed the whole tray, <laughs> brought it back down to our room and just dined out on these wings. Well, the next day, Stoops is furious. Hey, guys. Whoever thought it was funny to grab the whole box of wings and just, just keep them. I'm looking at you, O-line. Um, that's just not on. Hey, that's our dinner. Like, who did it? And I was just, me and Grant just stayed silent. We were fine. So, Mark, if you're listening, Coach Stoops, it may have been me and Grant that stole his, chicken wings His detective skills were on a good, like, his hunch was on the right path. He yeah. just, he'd be shocked to learn that maybe two of the smaller guys on the team are the one that stole the whole box of wings. <laughs> so, so he never knew this. Nope. Until now. Yep. If he's listening. I was going to say, Mark Stoops, if you're listening. Well, because we also had to – so we had to, protect the, we had to protect the GA that had told us about them because it was not supposed to be a known thing that they have their own little room upstairs. So, you know, it was selfless from us. It, we weren't looking – it wasn't self-preservation. We're just trying to keep the GA from being fired. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, Mark Stoops, if you're listening, tweet us at KSR <laughs> a, a gif or a gif of, of chicken wings. We just – Max has finally confessed the truth. And what what week was that? Was there was there a big game that week, or, or do you remember what week that was? I don't know. I just wouldn't want it to be the ref that next day that called the first PI call because, as we've uh, talked about, he will just launch into them, and he would have been real hangry, hangry. <laughs> yep. What is the hardest you all have ever seen Mark Stoop trip into a coach or, into or a, a referee? Coach, ref. Apologies, referee. He does, and this isn't even a joke. He does hate the. And he wouldn't say this to the media as in, like, he kind of bounces around. The targeting stuff absolutely pisses him yeah, off. Yeah, And I, it is a pretty bad rule as in, like, the – It's tough to work out what's targeting, what's not. You pick him out of the yeah, game yeah. for, like, a little – like, yeah. I, there's some that are clear, but some are not. Well, to be, to be fair, targeting is a good rule that's implemented, but it has come back to bite Kentucky – Plenty of times, like the Florida game two years ago when Trask came in. It's 100%. so – I don't know. I mean, you guys might – this might be a hot take. I don't know what you got. It's – so when I first came over here, right, it was the first game. And I'm standing next to Miles on the sideline. And I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was like – I want to say it was Yusuf Corker. And he gets targeting. And all of a sudden he starts walking to the locker room. And I'm like to Miles <laughs> – I mean, you can be pissed off that you gave away a foul, but don't walk off on the team. Like, come back. <laughs> and Miles had to explain to me, like, no, no, you can't play. Like, and you've actually got to leave, which to me is unbelievable because in Australian football, right, where I'm playing, there's this famous moment, and it was, like, infamous moment. A guy called Barry Hall, we'll try and get it up on the Twitter, a guy called Barry Hall literally just knocks someone out, just turns around, King hit right into the jaw, knocks him clean out. 
he gets to play the rest of the game. Like, I'm, I don't know if that's just because we're tougher than you guys. I'm not sure. But he knocked him out and gets to play the game. And here, like, you're kind of trying to make a tackle and you get thrown out of the game. And you miss a half of the next week sometimes. It agreed. It's tough. You showed me the video because we had talked on the sideline. I explained the rules to you, which I had to do a lot. But some, <laughs> but then you showed me the video that I couldn't believe what I watched. But, yeah, the rules are certainly a bit different. We'll try and get that up on the Twitter. Uh, Can we get Brent, that guy that's on, on here? Can we get the guy, whoever knocked him out on the podcast? That would be a good interview to well, have. Well, he, he literally since then has um, started a boxing career. <laughs> no, and that's not <laughs> even kidding. Even yeah, not even a joke. Yeah. So when you see that, like – I think Americans will be shocked to see it. Easily. Yeah, because you we'll I know you were at can, the time. I can't believe they let him keep playing. Yeah, yeah. So, so do you think they should implement a certain rule where maybe it's almost like the college basketball system where it's like a flagrant, like like if it's intentional where a dude just clean clocks a guy, okay, you're out. But if it's just like an accidental targeting, like maybe 15, fi- yards. 15 yep. yards, and if it happens again, even if it is on accident, maybe then. Kind of a yellow card deal. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, having said that now, like, I think, like, the whole red card rule in soccer is good in terms of, like, if, so, like, for example, with the Australian football, <laughs> with the Australian football, like, he, the guy called, it was called Barry Hall. He shouldn't have been up. You can't just knock someone out and play the rest of the game. I agree. But for tackling and, like, going in head first, to me, when you're trying to just make a football play, yes, I agree there should be a penalty. And I know that they obviously kick people out of the game because they really want to protect the head, which makes sense. But there's, I just feel like maybe if, even if it's just like, all right, similar to hockey, maybe ice hockey, um, 10 minutes, like next 10 minutes you can't play. In or next five minutes. or in, in game time? Uh, game time, maybe like five minutes game time. Because real time could be... To a whole half is incredible. But anyway, moving on. Moving on, so obviously, you know, <laughs> don't get him worked up. Don't get, me worked, don't get him worked up. So, so with the targeting, you know, it, it goes back to a famous Mark Stoops, Mark Stoops saying, "You all have already told me," which is, men do what they have to do, boys do what they want to do. Or maybe I got yeah, that mixed up. Similar. So that brings us to a new segment we have: boys do what they want to do, men do what they have to do. That's it. That is it. So we're going to go through a list of some, some men who have done what they've had to do. Can you please say that three more times so you can get that right? Because the disrespect yeah, to Mark Stoops. Please tell, please tell, Boys tell do me. what they want to do. Men do what they have and to you, do. And I because you can't, just, you can't just wake up in the morning when it's cold and pull the covers up and just decide, no, nah, I'm not getting out of bed today. It's, it's the ones that go, I'm, I'm getting done what I need to get done. I, when I hear you all say that, I just see him swirling the coffee the Starbucks cup yep. and he'd have the most serious, he'd look all over the room as for confirmation yep. as in we needed to tell him that he was right when he knew. We should have said true. True. Yeah. True. And there's, true. there's another one I want to chuck in just before we get to this segment. Um, that's his new favorite. And I'm hearing this from my sources. Ooh, anonymous. New favorite saying at the moment, which it actually makes me think like this is actually his little like, what do you call it? Pre- not preseason. What do you guys, like full camp one. This is his full camp one. Punch the clock. Punch the clock would be get said at least five to ten times a day because it's he obviously just wants to get things done. Like yeah, it's a grind. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, whatever. We're, we're practicing. Hey, punch the clock. Punch the clock. Punch the clock. Always punch the clock, which <laughs> is funny because and as I said last week on the show, when Coach Stoops comes up with a saying, I think this is actually a testament to him. The guys like repeat it all the time and we love it and like it actually is a good way of like getting into us of what he wants to do but our friend at Missouri Grant McInnes mm-hmm. one night took the punch the clock to literally, the ultimate very literally yep and ended up in the training room the next day getting the hand wrapped up and almost like luckily he didn't have to use that hand at any stage during the game because he wouldn't have played well we were so we were sitting at my apartment in Lexington at the time yep. the three of us I think and a little, I don't even remember what the spat, the disagreement was. We got into some argument, maybe about Stoops himself, just the quotes he was having. We woke up the next day, clock was busted. Yep. Grant's hand was just completely bloodied and cut. Goes yep. in, I'm not really sure why he punched it. <laughs> Literally just, I don't know, Stoops maybe needs to clarify that some of that stuff's a, a symbolism, not a literal thing. <laughs> well, but, well, so he's had other ones in the past, right? Or is, just, is, it, is it constantly punch the clock? So... You can, you can disagree. I think he gets on – I mean, boys do what they want to do with that, yep. too, is a constant. True or not true. True or not true yep. is a constant. But he gets on these episodes where he has one for, like, two or three weeks, yep. and he just hammers them. Yeah. 
and it's normally like it's normally to do with like um we'll get a handout like a sheet of like this is like the inspirational or motivational quote or this was the like he might play a movie for us i remember one of the greatest things that he did last year and we're getting off topic a little bit but we'll just keep going um, the greatest thing he did last year for us as a team, and I felt like that was a moment where we started to turn things around a little bit last season and build some momentum, was um, we lost the Missouri game. And we got belted in the Missouri game. Like, it was embarrassing. And I remember, like, sitting on the sideline for that game. Well, stand, I was standing on the sideline. And there were some guys that were like... We, were, we had some big fourth down stands. And I think we were talking about this last week. We had some big fourth down stands where, like, they were fourth and one on the goal line and we still kept them out, like, at least two or three times. And I'm looking around and no one's excited. Everyone's just trying to get through the game. And that was an issue that game. We, we were terrible. And so Stoops, obviously, being the good coach that he is, sensed that. And then in the meeting, um, straight after the game on the Monday, he played the Bill Belichick video of, like, hey, you put so much time and effort into this thing. And obviously, I'm paraphrasing put so much time and effort in um the pe- like you guys work so hard for this you're, you're living your dream if you make a big play like be excited and guys on the sideline like let's get excited about what we're doing um and I just think like I'm getting away a little bit from his sayings but that kind of stuff like then from then on like the guys will talk about that and they'll be like yeah like this worked and I think that changed our season around last last year so as much as we joke about some of these things like these the quotes or the sayings or the videos that he's showing us sometimes are really the catalyst to just change that mindset and then lead us to some more victories. They matter for sure. They yep. really do. Well, that got serious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, boys do what they want to do. Yep. Men do what they have to do. Congratulations. Right. right. All right. So yep. some nominees can't for just that. just pull the covers up in the morning, Miles. You can't pull the covers up. So who's, who's not pulling the covers up? Who's rolling out of bed and doing what they have to do, Max, this week? So my first nomination for <laughs> – for a guy that's been a man and not a boy, is an old coach of ours that's moved on to Michigan. Uh, why he did that, I'm not sure. But Stephen Klingstale, Coach Klink, um, he put a humorous picture up during the week. And it was uh, him talking to the players. And he's obviously, you know, trying to fire people up, get ready for the Michigan football season. And the quote on the, on the picture was, every inch counts. The player that he was mainly talking to, his last name on the back of his jersey, Johnson. You can't script it. You I mean, can't. it's unbelievable. Every inch counts, Johnson. You think he chuckled when he put it up? Nope. I don't think he Oh, he has it. no idea? No idea. He still doesn't. <laughs> he didn't even realize. And we'll try and chuck that one up on the Twitter, but for a nomination for who's being a man, that's, that's unbelievable. And, Miles, you, you also had another – Men do what they have to do moment. I believe yours was Shane Matthews. Is he doing what he has to do with Florida, or is he throwing him under the bus completely? So, for those that don't know, he's an old Florida quarterback. I think he played in the 90s under Spurrier. And on a recent video something interview, he basically said something of, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but until Kentucky can complete a forward pass, I don't think they're much of a threat to us, which fits. Coach Mara was not – was not pleased with. I'd like to see a boxing match with those two to start. Cool. But, yeah, no, he Yahtzee. was not pleased at all. And I, you, were, we were at the game at Florida, right? Yep. The year that we beat him. Yep. And I think there was several forward passes completed that game. But there was a few. maybe my memory is a little bit foggy there. Well, we've got the world's greatest um, memory here from games. I think you can remember a few, Brent. Uh, I believe that every touchdown Kentucky scored in that game – was passing except for the one at the end when Felipe fumbled the ball and he scored a touchdown at the end of the game. But I believe Terry Wilson had a rushing touchdown and two passing touchdowns. We didn't even use the best running back in school history. Nope. So if I'm if I'm correct in my logic here, Kentucky bringing in a passing quarterback with a supposedly better passing offensive coordinator and a revamped wide receiver room. I feel like they'll be able to complete a pass against Florida. If they, it would be interesting because, like, I would think they would, but that Shane would get an absolute laugh if we don't complete a pass the whole year. <laughs> well, hold if on. the whole year not one forward pass. Now, maybe backwards, but you wouldn't count those. Nope. He, he said, said forward. forward. He, he clarified. Yep. Yeah. If you could go a whole year and not – and imagine Kentucky could go 12-0 and just never throws it. But hypothetical. Let's say Wondell Robinson plays just like Limbo. 
Yeah. Well, hopefully well, not this not season. Not this yeah. season yeah. because wins this out season. this season. Yep. Well, obviously. So let Kentucky barely ran the ball in 2019 and still beat almost everybody. If we ran that same offense with Lim Bowden against Florida, do they beat Florida? Hypothetically. Uh, <laughs> nope. No. No. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. And um, He ran wild just, over everyone. The, the problem is, is just for – I forget what name you said before. Um, but he's, you know he's just setting himself up for if we beat Florida and especially if we throw it for a pass. Like, it's just going to be perfect when we throw that. Like, like, it's going to be like Virginia Tech bowl game. Last second, there's going to be a forward pass, touchdown, we beat him. And, wow, I'd love to see his Twitter that week. How many – okay, if Kentucky that game, just to – if Stoops was in a mood to just shove it to that guy, how many run plays in a row could you run until Florida didn't even put a DB on the field? As in just put 11 in the box and said, we're going to make you throw? Is Todd Grantham still their defensive coordinator? Is that the guy with the blitzes? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he is. Doc, yep, was he Dr. Pressure or something? Dr. Heat. Dr. Heat, that's right. <laughs> he loves – it'll be like third and – one and he sends a hundred people. Yep. Well, if Grantham's still the defensive coordinator, I, th- I think they could get away with with a lot of runs. Or I'm Easily. saying, like, yeah, yeah. Before they would have to be able to throw the ball. I do like his strategy though. Just chaos. Yep. Absolute chaos. Well, he was the defensive coordinator when uh, Kentucky uh, beat Louisville. Louisville too. Yeah. Yep. Hung up. How many points was it? Like. Wait, wait. He was too the defensive coordinator for Louisville. At Louisville, when we beat him, when Austin made the big kick, yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So um, there is a history there. Yeah, okay. Um, you've got one about Wandale? Yeah, Wandale Robinson doing what he has to do. May or may not have had his Instagram <laughs> hacked. I may or may not have lost $450 <laughs> on what I thought was going to be a PlayStation 5. We'll explain it to the people that are listening first. So, because they were – they. Unless they follow Wondale on Instagram, they're probably not going to understand there where we're going with There might be a few this. angry people like I'm with him. Uh, yeah. I understand yep. your loss. And sorry to those people that are listening yep. that also spent the money. Well, you know, Wondell's a trusted figure around the Big Blue Nation. Yep. So, And we'll, we'll put it up on the Twitter as well. I do have the screenshots because I thought I was getting a PlayStation 5. <laughs> Did you keep those for the Twitter? Did you keep them for like a legal case? Legal or, Yeah, I was going to say, good. Very good. So, Wondell puts on his... Twitter, you know, NI or Instagram, he's selling PlayStation 5s under market price. He's got a bunch of them. I didn't want to ask how he got those. Nope, don't need to know. We don't need to know 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 that. He's got them as long as I have it. That's all that matters. And I'm thinking to myself, this doesn't make sense that these things are reselling for $1,000. Why would he sell me one for $450? But then I thought, you know what? Wandell Robinson, man of the people. Yep. You know, he's going to show love. (laughs) Just, yep, yep. Man of the people. Selfless. So I inquire about it. He, he has me direct my payment to supposedly Wandale. The scammer has me direct my payment to, to someone, someone else. Now, logically, one would ask, this is a blatant scam. And it turns out that was not Wandale. I find out five minutes after the fact that he got on Twitter and said that he was, he was hacked, he was scammed. Um, so now, Wandell Robinson, if you're listening, if you would like to just be nice and, and want to send over $450, NIL, we're allowed to. So you actually did that? Because I thought you were joking. I'm not going to confirm nor deny. Can you drop your Venmo on here just in case he's kind <laughs> Yes, if you all would like to drop a, a Venmo at Brent Wayne Scott or a GoFundMe, just $450. Go I mean, that's, that's not bad. GoFundMe. You know? <laughs> Or if Louisiana Monroe covers 30, we could be in good shape. Men, men do what they have to do. And That's right. I, and I'm, I'm trying to I do hope, what I have to do and get I my hope one day I'll sort that out. Um, we were watching some Marty and McGee, and you've got another nomination for Man of the Week. It's not even a nominee. This is the winner. It has to be. Because it's from the man himself. From the man. So, Coach Stoops, they had all the SEC coaches on this ESPN show. And they did some good questions at the beginning, like, you know, how's the year looking? How's the team looking? The typical – I didn't listen to those as much, but yeah. the typical stuff. We, we skipped through the skipped serious through stuff. Them. Yep. And then at the end, they kind of did some lighthearted questions. And I think they asked the same ones to all the coaches just to see what they would say. But it was like, you know, what's your best meal you can cook? Stoops. Steak. Before they could even finish mm-hmm. the questions, steak medium rare, which yep. I already had a lot of respect, but the, I gained some there. Yep. Um, 
Then they got to what song at a wedding would get you up and moving. I've seen him move. I've seen he him move moves. plenty of he times post-game. He moves pretty, especially after a win, he moves pretty well. So just for the people listening, and before we get into it again a little bit, <laughs> one of the funniest things about, again, the week leading up to the game is when we go to the team meetings, and we're all sitting down in team meetings, um, obviously everyone's, you know, as Division 3 says, you're either five minutes early or you're 15 minutes late. Yep. So we're, we're in there, we're nice and early, everyone's ready, but the guys get on the big screen mm-hmm. and they play whatever music they want to play. And sometimes, like, it's like, all right, Stoops is coming in, turn it off, let's go. Mm-mm. Sometimes we leave it playing and he'll look up and he just chuckles at the song we're playing and then he gets into a little bit of a dance with some of the guys and it is like everyone loses it and it's so good. He loves a little dance. I believe one of the best videos I've seen of Stoops dancing, I believe, was after the Belk Bowl. I believe yep. he was breaking it down with Lynn yep. in the locker room. Yeah, was that his best performance, or has he had any other dancing moments? He I've had a terrible, terrible performance last year in the Gator Bowl. Um, one of his worst. He just had nothing going that day. He didn't really have any ideas, and the guys threw a song at him that I just don't think suited. <laughs> and he tried his best, and everyone just lost it laughing because he was doing the worst moves. Was it seen. on his playlist? Uh-uh. uh-uh. He hadn't heard that one before. So, what would be on his playlist for a wedding that would make a move? So that's what they asked him on the ESPN show. And what did he say? He said, well, that's the thing is we don't really know because he said, oh, I can't think of it. And then all of a sudden it got bleeped, which going off the cuff, appreciate that, Coach. Yeah, it was something like um, bleep. I haven't bleep, 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 bleep. What's that bleep song called again? Bleep, bleep, bleep. What is that song called? Was the closing so I don't, quote? So can we discuss what song? Well, we were they think? bleeping out the name of the song? <laughs> can we walk through? Because I think there's some good candidates for what the song could be. Brent. Well, we interviewed Stoops a few years ago. Found out he's a big, notorious Big fan. <laughs> oh, that would get. I believe, in his mind, he was thinking Big Papa. Get him out on the dance floor, smooth. You know. You know how I wouldn't call him smooth, but he moves. He does move. <laughs> Big Papa would be a good one to see. What about like, what if he was really just wanted? Because he looks slick in the suits. We've talked about he this does. on the first show. The mafia what ones. if it was like a bit of Frank, a bit of Frank Sinatra, Sinatra? and really just out there, you know, disco, well, not disco shoes, but. Oh, blue eyes. Yeah, and just, just a bit of swaying, a bit of movement. I'd love to see that. I'm going to go shout. That's the classic wedding song. Everyone's yelling. Everybody's moving. It's yeah. fun. He couldn't think of it, but that's maybe that's the one. When we hopefully, and I don't want to make promises I can't keep, when we hopefully get him on a little bit further down the track into the season when we're 6-0 and or 7-0, and we're going to have to ask him what song he meant. And hopefully we don't have to bleep out too much of what he says. Hopefully he can keep his composure and just think about it. I thought we'd just leave it unedited. <laughs> just whatever he says, we put it out. Um, speaking of the coach that we love... Uh, <laughs> So we talked last week, and this is, this is another nomination for him, and, and it's funny because the man that's actually come up with the quote of boys do what they want to do, men do what they have to do, is just probably going to take it out each week, um, which is great because he's leading with what he says. Um, so we talked last week about these new headsets that are going over the helmets at the moment, and the, you know obviously in conjunction with UFOs, being confirmed by the military, Stoops wants to be one step ahead, make sure they can't infiltrate our minds, make sure it's not Georgia flying things over, trying to find out what our tactics are, all that kind of stuff. Now, so he, now new headsets, are you talking about the, the foam padding on the helmets? Foam padding on the helmets, yep. So he, uh, yeah, he was one step ahead of that. You can't, you can't bluff him. Like, he's, he's all <laughs> over that. Um, but it took another step. So I think maybe he's had a chat to Mitch Barnhart or Eli um, Capaluto. Capaluto. Yep. And he's, they've, you know, in their weekly meetings, that I'm guessing they have, or maybe monthly meetings, um, he's, a, he's aware of them of this. Like, he's, he's said, hey, this is an issue, not just for us, but maybe the whole of campus. So he's put his foot down, and now on UK's campus, there is robots roaming the streets everywhere. Okay, I was skeptical when you started explaining. And it's I'm, true. I'm not on campus as much as you are anymore. Yep. But... You explained to me one of the tasks that the robots can do, which is an extremely convincing point that Stoops is behind it. Explain maybe what, <laughs> what's one of the things that they can do for you. So, as we know, 
um, there is a certain beverage that Mark Stoops likes and jiggles around in his hand a whole lot. And these robots are responsible for taking food out, but also coffee, and mainly being used for coffee. And that just said, that has Mark Stoops written all over it. He's tired of waiting in the drive-thru at Starbucks. I, it's usually a long line when you get there, which I get. So he's like, let's just cut that out. Yep. Let's get him to deliver it to me. Hopefully the seeds are good in the coffee. <laughs> the <But seeds. laughs> what, what is Mark Soup's favorite? Do you all know his coffee order? Uh, is, is he an iced coffee guy? No, is he- uh-uh. Hot. Because he, he has the – it's not a – what's because they do the plastic cup with ice. He always gets the mug. Yeah. Mm. This is true, and this is funny because I didn't even remember this until you guys were just talking about that. So one time, and this is 100% true, one time I'm driving to go get some gas from my car and it's right next to a Starbucks. I couldn't tell you which one it is, but it's right next to a Starbucks. And this shows you how serious the man is about his coffee. He, I almost ran him over. He came out of the Starbucks and he was drinking it and looking at it and he was doing his jiggle thing. Like I don't know if he asked for it to be in segments and he thinks he has to mix it himself, but he's always jiggling it around. Well, that tells and me he, he definitely gets cream and sugar in it though, right? He's mix, he well, could, he's well, he he's could be mixing it. something. I don't know what he could be mixing. In. <laughs> a little Irish Some, coffee. Yeah, something's in it. And um, he, no joke, walked straight in front of my car, and I had to beep, and I didn't even know it was Coach Stoops at the start. And I beeped, and this balding man looks at me, and I'm like, oh, it's Coach Stoops. <laughs> and he had a little chuckle, and I had a little chuckle. We talked about it at practice later that day, but I almost killed the head coach of the football team. That would have been a story. Punter, Ray Guy Award winner runs over head coach in Starbucks <laughs> as he shakes his coffee, the Irish coffee. Uh, so if robots are bringing him coffee, what, what other use could he have for a robot? Would he put him on the field? Because so they are technically on campus. Could they be students? I mean, we said a kicker would be really good. Yep. If you could get Not your robot. Not if you've seen the robots, though. These are little square things that just roam around. They, they, ain't, they ain't the robots that you're thinking about. This isn't like iRobot. This is like square vehicles. Would they be great for, for screen? We're going to have to put a picture up of it. I, I'm very unfamiliar. Like, I don't even know what I could say O-line. Like. like O-line, maybe like just give them a task and they just, you know, because they just roam quick, get in the way, because they've been getting in the way a lot on campus. Get in the way, make their defense move around. I could see us coming out, and I know our O-line's supposed to be good this year. I get that. But I wouldn't be surprised if he just says, Luke, Dare, Darian, Horsey, Eli, great knowledge by me right there. Five of you out, five robots in, let's go. Now, with robots, true or not true, do we think that they do the, the special game ball delivery? They just say, with COVID, we're going to just boot the kids. They're just going to have robots bring the ball out for the kick. That would be interesting. That would be interesting, especially if it came the ball and the coffee. The coffee came with it. <laughs> All right, so, so, so some final predictions before we get out of here because it finally is game week uh, kickoff. A mere few days away. Let's let's go ahead and get into some Kentucky season predictions before we get out of here. Um, we're going to have a prediction sheet on on KSR. It, I think it's already out by the time this podcast gets out, so you're you're going to hear hear my takes. But I want to know from some from some former Wildcats themselves, what do we predict for game one, and what do we predict for the rest of the season for the 2021 Kentucky Wildcats? I, I'm going to say, and I know you said the opposite, Miles. I'm going to say we cover very easy in the first game. I think you're going to see our offensive full flight. I don't think we're going to keep anything um, kind of restrict. I don't think we have any restrictions on the offense. I think we just want to see how it goes. I say we win 50, like no joke, 50. Um, and I think – A burger? A 50 burger. Yeah. And Ooh, I can see us running all over him. I could see Chris running for 200-plus yards, and I could see Will throwing it 400. I think, I think we're going to have an all-time game. They struggled last year. They're not going to be much better. Um Season-wise, I'd be surprised if we uh, don't win any more than eight. I mean, sorry, I don't know if I'm putting that the right way. We we will win eight or more games. I think I'm going to say I'm going to say ten and two. I think we could be a ten and two team. Two. Yep. What that's you, my. That's what do you think prediction. those two losses are? Vandy. <sighs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I I mean, obviously we're going to the Georgia game is just going to be tough. And I, I think we can win. Well, that's the thing. 10-2, and two, I think we can win every game. And I don't want to pick the two game, teams that we lose to. I just think we have a couple games and maybe, you know, one of those weeks where someone's hurt, something like that. We slip up a couple times. But I can, I'm going to say 10-2. and two. That's my prediction for the season. That's high expectations, which I, I like. So I'll go. You said week one. I'll say we win. I think that's a start. 
And then... So, oh, t- <laughs> could I have a better prediction than that? <laughs> no, I think so for week one, and, and we kind of talked about it earlier, but I think it is a little bit tricky as in I don't want the fans to get too excited about, and I don't want to underplay it, but the offense does extremely well week one. And they're like, we've got the next, you know, Lincoln Riley, Sean McVay here. You are playing a, like a lower level opponent. So I think the true test for the offense will be week two against Missouri, and then we'll actually know how good they are. Um, but I think week one, it's a good time to get some excitement around the offense. I could see, like I said, I think the first half will be ugly. I think UK will get up big, and then second half they'll coast. I'm saying 24, maybe 30. Here's, here's a quick prediction for you too, and feel free to call me out on it every single week if it doesn't come true. Um, I don't want to get his name wrong, but I'm going to try my best. Trayvon Wallace. Trayvon? Trayvon? Trayvon Wallace. Um, he's the breakout star this year. It's his freshman year, but he, uh, from all reports, absolutely killing it at practice, um, dominating his position. Could even, like, I know we've got two seniors in that spot um, with Jones and um, with Square. Um, he, he might take one of their spots by the end of the year. He's apparently that good. And so oh, that's, my, that's my star prediction. That's you guys can pick? call me out every week if he doesn't make the field, but that's my pick. If you were doing a fantasy draft, would you take him like as a sneaky late pick? Nope, because you can't score. <laughs> he plays six. defense. Could oh. pick six? <laughs> yeah, maybe. He literally can score. Yeah. Watch. Speaking of weird scores, what a way to start the college football weekend with Nebraska-Illinois, the first score of the year being – a safety on a punt. Yeah, if you if you're on the if you're one of the hosts of the show and you took the over on that, you'd be pretty disappointed right now. Max, did you take the over? Yeah. Mm. Well, so we can explain a little bit more than that. Fifty-two and a half points, I think it was. I'm not going to comment whether or not I had anything on that over there, but yeah. a certain team's kicker missed two extra points. Yeah. To send it under by half a point. That's a yeah. tough way to start the year. Which is kicker on kicker crime. Yeah. It is. It's tough. And I know extra points are you should make them all, but that's a tough a tough one to watch week one. So please cover Kentucky. It'd be nice to, to see us yeah, cover. Yeah, I need some money. Yep. I need some money. So, so Miles, Kentucky wins. How, how many wins do you think they come out with this year? Um, Bowl game not included. I'm going to go nine and three. Mm. I think ten and two is good. Obviously very good. I think nine and three, and I'm not going to get into which – Missouri's the loss that I think sneaky, and then I think of Georgia, LSU, Florida, that little gauntlet. I think. What's they the get. What's the most wins we've ever had in a season? Uh, in recent memory, they obviously won uh, twelve in like nineteen fifty. Twelve and zero. They went to the Sugar Bowl with Bear Bryant. Bear wow. Bryant. Okay. Bear Bryant. Yeah. Bear. But in, since back, in your, bear. back in your first year, Miles. <laughs> so in in my, in my lifetime, uh, it's ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we we can. This could be the year. This could be the. We could tie that. We could tie or beat that. Yeah, no doubt. And, and we, star of the season, Miles. He he's already taken Trevin Wallace. Who? You want like a like a? I mean, you could say Wandell, but that's pretty easy. I'm gonna go Devonte Robinson. Back off injury, defensive back, comeback player of the year. I think experience. He, I mean, obviously talented, but he's had a lot of reps. He knows what's going on. I think he's obviously motivated after missing last year with injury. I think he's going to have a huge year. You got one for us, Brent? Yeah, uh, you guys have already hit on the defense, but as Mark Stoops' teams have done over the last few years, defense is a constant. So for Kentucky to go where they want to go, which I think is nine or ten wins, compete with Georgia, have that game against Georgia where the winner goes to the East like they did a few years ago, um, I think it's going to have to be someone from offense. We already know Kennard's going to be great. We know C-Rod's going to be great. Um, but I'm looking a lot at, at Wandell. He, he's the difference maker. He's the new guy. He is um, – we're going to need some explosive plays out of him. Obviously, Levis going to have to do great. So, I'm going to stick with the hometown kid. First year at Kentucky, I'm going to go with Wandell. Easy pick. Easy pick. Easy, easy pick. Easy but pick. I'm glad he came home. Safe though. pick. Which, I mean, watching Nebraska this weekend, it's easy to see why he left. Yeah, because he, he gets the PlayStations if he comes here. That's true. And the quarterback can actually maybe throw to him. The, the quarterback from Nebraska this weekend was – I'm not I'm yeah, off no, the high horse yeah, of the no. over, but he was miserable. Yeah, true or not true, Scott Frost sees the entire season. He's out. <laughs> He's got to be true. out soon. He's got to be out. Not true. Uh, and I'll, I'll save my prediction before we leave. I think Kentucky 9-3. Uh, and three. I think Missouri sets the tone, so they've got to yep. win that game. I think they win one of three – or I'm sorry. Yeah, they win one of three – 
with the gauntlet, yeah. of, of the gauntlet, yeah. which would put them at ten and two. And then typical Kentucky fashion, they'll drop one. The, the slip should. up where it's not supposed to come. I think no, that's Tennessee plays. It's not Tennessee. Uh, that would be Tennessee. a tough one. It's not Tennessee this year. Tennessee, in between Tennessee and Georgia, you've got a bye week, and you go to Mississippi State. Um, Going to Mississippi State after bye week has historically not been great for Kentucky. They haven't won there since 2006. Stoops hasn't won there yet? He hasn't. Mm-mm. No, he hasn't. And like I said, trap game between Georgia and Tennessee. Oh, I think That's there's a, a slip up there. Um, so I'm thinking 9-3, and three, another great bowl game. And um, so I think it's going to be a good season in Lexington. That's for sure. But um, obviously that's that's it for, for this week's episode. Football is finally back. Any closing remarks from you two before we get out of here? Nope. Uh, just make sure you, you uh, get onto our Twitter, like and comment. We love the feedback. Um, by the way, we do have something real quick uh, that I want to just shout out real quick. The gate, the gate tailgate. Looking forward to the gate tailgate. They commented on us, said they're the best tailgate south of the North Pole. Um, so there's a really good one on the North Pole, apparently. I'd love to get to that one on the North Pole. Um, you can comment on our stuff, the gate, tailgate, and that's great, but just expect us to turn up to that tailgate, week two, Missouri, me and Miles. Hopefully there's some cold beverages and there's some say, good the, food. The cooler better be full so the, if we show up. The challenge is put out right now. We will be turning up. We will be there. Be ready. We're just on the lookout for the best tailgates. Yep. So if you're a good tailgate, you want us to stop by on, on game day, shout us out. Make sure you uh, comment. We'll turn up. We'll have a we'll have a beer or two and a bit of food, and uh, we'll we'll be able to shout those good tailgates out. And, and hopefully the tailgates are, are ready for week one. I've already seen the tents a few weeks out for week one. But that's it for this week's episode uh, at Pennant Deep KSR. Give us a follow. Give us a shout, and we will see you all next week. Hopefully the cats are one and zero for Max Duffy and Miles Butler. I am Brent Wainscott, and this has been Pennant Deep. Go cats. On a hippie trail, head full of zombies I met a strange lady, she made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast And she said, do you come from a land down under?